hey, hey, welcome to another amazing episode of the Wellness Coaching Conversation. This is Brian Douglas, and along with my stellar partner, Lori Legault, we are here to talk to you about all things coaching. Lori, how's it going? Hi. Hey, hey. there, Ryan, and all of our listeners out there. Um, yeah, I'm excited to dive into what we're going to talk about today, which is, um, I mean, maybe excited isn't a good word, but um, interesting and important are, yeah. are, are good words. Yeah, you know, and and I guess exciting in the sense of um, I, f I feel really a sense of urgency about having this conversation and hopefully helping impart some some practical skills and and wisdom to all the coaches that listen to this because yeah you know let let's be real um we we talked as as um as we were preparing for this episode just about the current state of the world and we used some pretty colorful language to describe it which I won't go into here but I will say um things are wonky you know things are whack things are definitely um not ideal and a lot of people are suffering some much more tragically so than others um but i don't know that many people are are kind of immune to the both the awareness of of all the the bad things and injustices and inequities that are going on in the world um and also i think the you know the fears the anxieties the the anger um the helplessness a lot of emotions that come up um around those circumstances and we thought it would be really timely and helpful to have a conversation about that just a real talk a real a real discussion around taking care of ourselves as humans and professionals um you know, because as coaches, we are we are looked to to provide guidance and to ask the right questions and offer support. We've got to remember we've got to fill our own cups first. And so I think that's the first part of the conversation. And the second part is what are some practical things that we can do to support clients who are really struggling? And so yeah. I think that's that's plenty to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, what you're talking about too, Brian, brings up such a great point because when we're talking to to our clients and we're coaching them on things like, you know, whatever people are working on, weight loss, um, fitting in certain things that they're wanting to do behavioral change wise, things like that. And then there's this little part of them that goes, I can't believe that I'm working on this when the state of the world, there are people who are suffering and you start to have that survivor's guilt, you know, about yeah. like, maybe I shouldn't be thinking and worrying about this for mm -hmm. myself right now. Maybe I should be doing something different. And, you know, it's like, Oh, this is, this is a first world problem type of feeling sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, how do we still continue to support our clients and what they're needing to work through and on with us and also address that, yes, there are some big things going on in the world and it's scary and it's um, upsetting. And how do we find that balance yeah. of still, like you said, taking good care of ourselves, addressing, you know, what's going on and um, figuring out how to 
you know, emotionally deal with at all. It's a yeah. lot. Yeah. So well I shared said. with you that I have a, a student that I work with who is, you know, one of the medical school students, because people know that I do that. I think most people that listen to our podcast probably mm-hmm. know that I work with medical school students. And this is a student who is, you know, uh, in their clinical science rotations, studying for shelf exams. And so, you know, I'm just checking in. How are you doing? How's your rotation going? How's how's your exam study going? And, you know, she just said, I'm actually having a hard time because the news is really affecting me. Mm-hmm. And we talked about compartmentalizing. So yeah. doesn't mean that you can't acknowledge and, uh, and address what is going on. Yeah. We can't always let it derail us either. So yeah. how do we do that? And that's, that's, that's such a, um, a valid question because some people are much better at compartmentalizing than others. Um, some people maybe don't have the same level of compassion or empathy too. And so it, it's easier for them, but for those who, who are affected by all the events, you know, certainly the tragic events that we see in, in the middle East. And we see here in the United States with gun violence and, you know, in, in, other countries where there's civil unrest. I mean, you can you can pick your poison right now. Um, I think that being compassionate and sensitive, as you are, is an important first step, and not just being impositional and and like telling people, well, you just need to compartmentalize. I think that's not the approach because for people who maybe are personally affected by um, circumstances. You don't know what their personal life is all about. Um, this may be a lot more personal to them. You know, maybe they have family in the Ukraine. Um, so I think one is to be as coaches, extremely sensitive and extremely, I guess, cautious, careful. Um, those are, I think words, not, not wanting to, to impart fear into the coach, but impart, empathy and consideration and and just a, a real sense of patience so that people can kind of work through things. We're not therapists, we're not counselors, but we're kind of running on a parallel track. And I think that it, it also can, as we're having these conversations with folks, if they are expressing their their anxiety and, and their challenges, to be very open and forthright about, you know, asking them if they have resources of support that go further into counseling and therapy. I think normalizing those conversations is really important because there may be a time when we need to refer somebody and say, you know, I know what you want and what you need is is really important to me and it's beyond the scope of what I can provide, but I do know people who I can refer you to, that kind of thing. I mean, I think that's that this this is a very complex topic. And so I think your willingness to be there for your student and allow her to kind of express what she's going through and and being in that moment that's so profoundly powerful just for someone to be seen and to be heard and i'm curious how that conversation went lori went once once she knew that you really got where she was 
how, how did you how did you guide that conversation from there? I did kind of exactly what you said. And that's what I love about the co- coaching methodology is there is a clear way of doing this, mm-hmm. no matter what the situation is, you know? So yeah. I remember when I was a brand new coach, I was like, what would I say? How would I, what would I do? And actually it becomes very natural and normal of what you do with any information that bubbles up in a mm-hmm. client. And so in this situation, it wasn't expecting that to come up necessarily in our conversation. And I will add to the fact that this is a student who, who, uh, whose family emigrated from the Middle East. So, okay. I mean, and it, it is a parent, but nonetheless, I, you know, I don't really know what the situation mm-hmm. is for her. And so when she said, I'm really struggling with the news in the world right now, as is my family, um, I said, wow, yeah, it sounds like this is really affecting you. It sounds like you are having trouble focusing on studying and that makes complete sense. I can, mm-hmm. I can imagine, you know, and just sort of sitting in that, we did a little bit of that silence, you mm. know, just the silence of, I hear you and I see you, which I really struggled with in the beginning when I was coaching, yeah. because I'm not somebody who does well with uncomfortable silence, <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of a good spot for it because it's, it truly is like saying to this person, there's nothing I can say or do that's going to change what's going on, but I do hear you and I hear your, um, sadness right now. And I kept acknowledging that. Um, I also asked what kind of supports she has Mm -hmm. right now. So is your family discussing things together? how are you handling this grief at the moment? Mm -hmm. Um, And she did say that her family is, you know, in the evenings, they're talking about it. And then just like what you said, I referred her. So luckily we have counselors that I can very easily refer her to. And I said, it sounds like this might be an avenue to work through with a counselor because I am not trained in going any deeper but you know this is the beginning right of this uh of these events that are occurring it's just the beginning and so it's yeah. not going to be going away anytime soon and so i went ahead and referred her to somebody and the last part of this is that i also acknowledge that she can do both and that ah. it's not easy to do both but she can be grieving, be sad, be scared, and also kind of turn her attention to what's going on in her own life at the moment Mm -hmm. and try to uh, focus the best that she can on, on the task at hand for her too. And that, you know, for this particular person, I mean, she has an exam on Friday. And so it's like, can you try to put this on the shelf for just a couple of days. And after Friday, after you walk out of that exam, then you can really let yourself Mm. feel all the feels even more again. And again, that's like not easy to do. Like I acknowledge that's not easy. I'm not asking her to do something that's um, impossible. And if she cannot do that, then we need to figure out a different way. Maybe she doesn't take her exam, you know, um, right now, but pointing out the possibilities, the options, the and ors of the situation 
and acknowledging also, this is the last part I'll say about this is that because this is somebody who's becoming a doctor, I did point out the fact that what she is doing right now, working towards becoming a doctor is such a amazing and profound career choice that while at the moment she can't help the situation at hand, she will be able to be somebody who eventually will be able to say, I want to go to places that are experiencing, you know, such turmoil and be a, a physician there to help. And what an amazing position to be in someday mm-hmm. down the road, not too far that she'll be able to say, not only can I, um, acknowledge what's going on, but I can actually affect it in a huge way. And so it just gives her a purpose and a reason to focus on what she's doing and take the attention a little bit away from, um, the, the events going on, but that they can come back together again someday. And I don't know if that makes sense what I'm saying, but she, she really appreciated that. She was like, oh my gosh, you're right. Like, I would love to be a doctor who could someday volunteer in a situation like this. Yes. And I'm like, so, so what you're doing isn't completely separate from your ability to affect healing eventually in a situation Hmm. like this. Not only does what you what you just said makes sense, Lori. I, I think it was a, a brilliant bit of coaching because when when I I think about that interaction, I hear you acknowledging the reality of the short-term goals slash deadlines. And and they're, you know, the 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 exam is a short-term goal, you know, just because she didn't iterated on her own she chose that path so therefore each exam is a goal that she has to embrace or not you know and so by by really helping clarify the the proximity and urgency of that goal i think that was helpful then two you tied it into her big picture you tied it into that that much greater almost life goal of becoming a physician and being able to then use that position to help and serve others. And in between that, you demonstrated and helped her recognize that what she's going through is the the literal definition of developing resilience because it's only through the hard things, only through the things that challenge us that we develop our internal storehouse of resilience for when we deal with future difficult circumstances. And so again, I I, I think that that young woman was beautifully served by you as a coach. So I want to acknowledge that. And I also just think, you know, from an objective perspective, yeah, that that's a great way to to do that because you acknowledged everything the reality of the situation didn't minimize it embrace the genius of and you know it's not an either or thing it really is this is really hard you're really sad it's difficult and you have an exam so should you choose to pursue that exam what might that look like you know and so i wow i'm kudos bravo love it well thank you (laughs) (laughs) i mean in that moment it's you know it's kind of like ooh, how do i take all of this and what do I do with it? At the yeah. end of the day, what I love about coaching is we we do put the decision back onto the client and say, mm-hmm. how do you think that you can best 
handle or manage the situation. Also acknowledge that when we when we hear bad news constantly and we don't feel like we have any autonomy over it, mm-hmm. you know, how do we then decide what goes what goes into our own psyche as we're letting news come in? And I think you and I kind of talked about this a little bit in the beginning is well, when we were just discussing this before we started the podcast today, is that you know it, it's sometimes we want to just say I don't want to know anymore. Like yeah. I, it just affects me too much. I don't want to know. But then of course we need to kind of know. And so, how do we decide how much to know so that we can continue yeah. on in, in our day to day, and yet also you know decide well, can I help in some way? Is there something I can do? Mm. But I think that's, I, I love that approach instead of staying stuck in disempowerment. I mean, literally, if, if all you're doing is taking in the bad news, the negative, the, it, the our news cycle is programmed to constantly deliver negative because that draws more eyeballs than the positive. And so trust me when I say that, that most of the news organizations, yes, they're, they're, dedicated to reporting the news, but they're more dedicated to making money and, you know, getting eyeballs. So there's going to be a constant reinforcement of the worst case. And so if if all we do is sit in that, that's really in a way self-destructive. And so it's it's kind of like saying again, where is the and in this? Yes, this is really bad. And I do need to know some of it. And yet, I also need to be able to function, you know, and and personally, I'm pretty radical in my approach towards that kind of stuff. I haven't watched the news for years. I, I you know, I, I years ago, I read Andrew, Dr. Andrew Wiles, uh, Eight Weeks to Optimum Health. And the first thing he recommended was to go on a news fast. And he said, if you don't think that it, everything that's going on today is not just a repetition in some way of the past, I challenge you to go to the library and draw out, you know, microfilm from 50 or 100 years ago. And while the participants are different, therefore, the personalization might not be the same. It might be deeply personal, like for your your student, it's deeply personal for her but for the folks 100 years ago it was too and the point is to not allow the negativity that is always there and and is amplified for a variety of reasons not to let it cripple you you know to be as you said you use the word autonomy to take some autonomy all right i can't control any of this so it is important to know about it to some extent but i have to recognize when it starts affecting me in a way that I can't function in my own life because my own reality is continuing regardless of what's happening. And, and so it's a, it's a tough lesson that I think we as coaches and humans have to learn, but so do our clients of, of yeah, it, it, it sucks. And we've got to, you know, carry on, you know, we don't have to carry on and ignore it or not do what we can, but we do have to carry on to the best of our abilities in our own lives and our own work without disrespecting those that are affected by what's happening. If that makes sense, you know, it's, it's a fine line to walk, but I think it walk it, we must. 
Yeah. No, actually what you said, Brian, is just totally beautiful statement there because yes, we acknowledge. And so in a coaching session, no matter what coaching session you're in with somebody could be absolutely any topic. Yeah. If when you ask the question of like, what's gone well for you? I mean, this is what I always ask, right? Mm -hmm. What's gone well for you since we last spoke. And then we talk a little bit about that. What's challenging for you at the moment. And let's say that this is brought up. Well, the news is really affecting me, you know, doing a very, you know, a pause an acknowledgement and really seeing how far does this person need to go with this, Mm -hmm. but then saying, okay, you know, after talking a little bit about that and, um, and putting some things into, to perspective or, you know, them putting some things into perspective, starting to get back on track to what their goals are and realizing that we all need to continue on the path that we're on for our own joy and, and sanity. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it, it it takes the seriousness of it and, uh, you know, allows us to process that a little bit and then also um, refocuses the intentions of that individual. And, and I think that really, you know, we all like to be on a schedule, no matter who you are in the world, <laughs> like we need to be, we need to have our own purpose in life. You know, we need to be on a schedule of some kind. We can't live in a news bubble of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe what's going on. I can't do anything because um, this is all so tragic and, and and horrible. Yes, we need to acknowledge it. And then we also need to get back to our life and um, stay on task a little bit because mm. it makes us feel uh, our own sense of importance and self-worth. And so all of what you said is is very important to acknowledge and and then we get back then we get back to ourselves and so you know when you mentioned like how much do we take in that's going to be different for everybody right how much do you allow yourself to really see hear, and learn about exactly the details that are going on like i personally cannot watch videos Mm. of things happening in the world that I can't do anything about. And it's just so upsetting. I can't, I just can't watch, you know? Um, And so you have to know your limit as far as how much you can take, you know, it's, it's really hard. It's hard for everybody. Yeah, it is. And I, I I agree. It, it, it is about knowing one's own limits. Mm -hmm. Um, I also, I, I appreciated that you were able to with this client you were able to provide her a referral to those therapeutic resources that she clearly needed and you're also able to continue coaching her within your scope of practice. Because I think sometimes as professionals, we might think, well, if we refer somebody, they're out of our hands. Not necessarily. You know, it's like this is a great example. If you're in a workplace or you're in a school or something like that, where, you know, your role is to provide ongoing support to clients, they may need additional help from 
mental health professionals to help them navigate difficulties. And they also need to continue functioning in their school or in their work. And so I think that there's, there's again, it, it, this whole episode is like embracing the genius of and because it really, it really is both in this yeah. case where you're not just saying, okay, yeah, you, you can't deal with the real world go see this counselor. It's like, no, you need to deal with the real world. So you need to see this counselor and continue working with me, you know? And I think that there's that, that balance, um, that is, again, it's, it's looking at your client as a, a holistic individual and doing your part to provide them your piece of that holistic care and support. Yeah. Well, and, and absolutely. I mean, you know, I have a different situation in my case because these are students at a university who are not paying for their coaching sessions or right. their counseling sessions. I mean, technically they are paying in mm, their, yeah. you know, tuition, but they don't really feel the I don't have to write a check after each um I guess writing a check would be an old way of saying it, honestly. <laughs> they don't have to like Venmo me. Venmo, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um some money after this and then also find a counselor to pay. And so I have the luxury, I guess is what I'm saying. I have the luxury of referring mm. them and they can do both and many prefer to do both. So yeah. most of the time when I do refer somebody or if a counselor refers somebody to me, uh, you know, we'll either see that student weekly, both of us, or sometimes they, the student decides to alternate us so that they're only seeing one of us a week and they're alternating that. And I think that's a best case scenario for many people. And so, yes, it is important. And sometimes it also is important to acknowledge, okay, if you're going to be seeing a counselor, I completely understand that you cannot do both. And so, um, you know, prioritizing something and then getting back to us as a coach mm. when you feel ready. Because I think a lot of people really like to do the coaching as an accountability piece and being able to process normal challenges, right? And so yeah. honestly, I feel like everybody could use a coach always. Mm -hmm. It's not even like reaching out when just when you're struggling, it's really a, always because all of us run into challenges along the way and need to process that with somebody and try and figure out what to do next. So it definitely is a big piece, but um, yeah. Well, I think, think that we've had a good discussion about mm. some ways in which to handle it when our clients come to us with the heaviness of what's going on in the world. Agreed. And there's probably a lot more we could discuss about mm. this, but I think we've done a pretty good job of just at least surface, you know, what, what are some options if this comes up in a coaching session? Agree. I think it, it's important as coaches that we're able to to recognize when there's a need and be willing and comfortable to have these discussions with our clients, you know, and I, I feel like there's a part two coming, uh, you know, even though we, I don't know that we planned it. I think that to, to really give these topics the attention that they deserve. Um, I feel like, yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's pause here and let's delve deeper into this and maybe the the personal side as coaches and the things that we can do to walk the walk and be those models and and those self-aware supportive individuals for our clients that they need. Um we think about that. I think that sounds absolutely 
amazing. Yes. Let's do that. <laughs> I love it. Well, I, I gotta say, as always, Lori, it's, it's been a pleasure to uh, chat with you and, and just get a little peek into the way that you operate in your coaching world. And I, I, I am truly appreciative and in awe of the way that you serve your clients. And it's clear you set ego aside and you really focus on their highest good and that to me is the mark of a of a true professional in this field. Ah, wow, Brian, thank you so much. I like I need a fan, you know, all the time to <laughs> make me feel like I'm doing the right things in life. So, thank you for that. And likewise, I feel the same with uh, you know, the same way about your wisdom and expertise. So, yep, and uh I would also love to hear some more guest speakers, you know, give some perspective. Mm -hmm on the way that they handle some of these things. So we will bring in some more people as well to talk about that stuff. Absolutely. So. We'll bring the people. Yes. All right. Well, uh, we will see everybody next time. Have a, a good week and a good coaching week as well. So those of you who are out there coaching all day um, or even, you know, however much you're coaching, I hope that you have good impactful coaching sessions. I couldn't have said it better. Take care of yourselves. Do your best to help your clients take care of themselves. And we will look forward to seeing you all very soon. Yes. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.